Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. And here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! And a good morning, Eagle fans. It is a Tag Tuesday here on Birds 365 with Tag or Franchise Tag. Today is the deadline for those teams who are still considering using it to give it out or hold on to it for another 365 days. That's just one of many things we're going to talk about today on Birds 365. It's the Mac guys, McMullen and McDonald. One of those days on a calendar of no Johnny Mac, because as I just stated, franchise tag deadline is today. So I'm going to start by asking you the same question I asked uh, my buddy Brendan Lee Gowton on WIP last night. Percentage chance, and I know it's low. How low can you go that the Eagles use the franchise tag on someone today? I think the only true candidate is Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. I don't think anybody else got a prayer to get a franchise tag. Uh, so Chauncey or not, 
the percentage chance that Harry Roseman chooses to slap a franchise tag on one of his players? Um, I, I would say 10% or, or potentially a little bit less. Um, he doesn't like to use it. Um, but I find it, I find it hard to believe that's the player he's going to use it on <laughs> people. I mean, it's just the history of this team. Um, good oh, player, so but a safety. You're saying that uh, Howie Roseman's not something as quote unquote big mean, as a I franchise mean, tag. It, it's you know I look at Marcus Williams. I brought it up yesterday on the show, and the Eagles bailed out, and he got five years, seventy million. So essentially, twelve million a year. Now it's kind of built in a uh, l- little bit, but it's kind of built in that the numbers are going to go up a little bit each and every year and the salary cap goes up. So we expect the safeties make a little bit more. I think the franchise tag is 14.4 million. Um, I, 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 I don't think two things, the value of the position, number one, that's a big part of it. And, and the second part is, I don't know if he's that type of player. I don't know if he deserves to be the top, paid safety in the NFL. Um, where are the Eagles on that? Obviously, they traded for him. Obviously, they won him back. Obviously, it's one of those situations where it's a difficult decision for them, but I just don't see the position and the player and the player. I don't think he's top of the line at that particular position. I know he's coming off. I talked about leverage. He's coming off a tremendous season. I'm not downgrading that playmaking uh, uh, a player. And that means something uh, rather than sort of just the functional is going to do everything right type of player. I think there's value to somebody who's a playmaker and Chauncey, certainly that boy, I'll be shocked if they put it on him. In other words, this is pretty much where I come down. Joe. Yeah. Functional safety is the other free agent safety that the Eagles have. Marcus Epps would fall into that category and no one's talking about giving him a franchise no. tag. Um, and maybe this is foolish thinking on my part, but I think it's got at least niggle in the back of uh, Howie Roseman's mind. They could really get shut out here. They could watch free agent after free agent after free agent walk out the door if they think Hargrave's going to be too expensive, Bradbury's going to be too expensive, and uh, Tim McMahon is putting rumors out there that the Browns are willing to pay heavy for uh, Brandon Graham and uh, Fletcher Cox could be elsewhere. They, they could watch a stream of free agents go out the door. At least with the franchise tag, you're locking in one guy. If you can't get a contract done, and they've been negotiating with who they've been negotiating with, and I'm getting nothing. you got better sources than me that they're actually making progress with guys or getting close with. I know none of uh, the Eagle free agent that would fall into that category. So if you slap the franchise tag on, at least, you know, all right, we got one. It's better than zero. If zero is what you're sitting on right now, and that's what they are with free agents. Uh, we had the lengthy conversation about how he admitting that he did business differently this year because he didn't want to mess with the mojo of the team off to the undefeated start. And now they've got to pay the price for that and try and pull off all these deals. If you get one done, one is better than none. Is it not Johnny Mac? 
Yeah, but I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't have any doubt the Eagles are going to bring certain players back. I, I don't think they're going to sh- get shut out. So that's number one. Now it might not be the players the fan base wants, but you know, when you talk <laughs> about all their free agents, and I talked about sort of the one or the other group, you know, T.J. or Kaiser, Chauncey or Marcus, Javon or Pletcher. Uh, Isaac or Jason Kelsey, which has more to do with retirement, obviously, for Jason. Um, you know, they're going to get players back. There are certain players they're probably not going to get back. James Bradbury probably leading that list. Uh, I think everyone understands that. And we'll see where the market goes. You know, but CJ, because he's the, the so much, that's the second part, Jody. I should have brought that up. I don't think he's going to get the money people think he's going to get on the open market. For two reasons. One, big personality. I mean, big personality, and that scares people. Right or wrong, that scares people. It scared the Saints, to be blunt. Um, And they had him in the building. There are only certain organizations. Then you come back to what he did, you know, with the quick cheat, the tweet and delete about the defensive coordinator. So think about that from another team's perspective, Jody. And that's probably why his agent was probably on the horn right away and said, look, CJ, take that down. down." (laughs) Um, This guy had a career year, career year, whether you want to give uh, Jonathan the credit or Denard Wilson, who's now gone, or Chauncey himself, whatever. He had a career year, whatever you want to place the, the, and the player deserves more credit always than anybody else. But um the point is, after that type of season, he's still throwing coaches under the bus. There's no other way to look at it. And how does that framework look to another organization, to another defensive coordinator, to another head coach? Because it's unlikely, as I always go to the regression to the mean theory, it's unlikely things are going to go as well next season, even if he stays here. It's very unlikely. And when is that frustration going to bubble up to the surface of this big personality? I don't think he's getting $14.5 million on the open market, is my point, Joe. Fair, fair enough, but I will say this, and you and I have both been around this game long enough, and you're closer <clears throat> to coaching staff guys because you're in the locker room, you're there every single day. Oh, there are coaches out there that say, give me the talent. I, oh, yeah. I, I'll coach him yeah. up. I'll work with him. I'll get the most out of him. I'll I'll uh, smooth off those rough edges of foolish things they says on social media. Always give me the talent. I'll deal with everything, everything else in whatever way that I need to. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. But I guarantee you, there are guys in the league that are ready to say, uh, when when someone comes in with a pay, well, do we really want to give him fourteen million when he's a a big personality as John McMullen describes him accurately? So. Oh, there's coaches that go, yeah, give me the talent. Hey, Nick Sirianni's one of them. Nick Sirianni's one of them. Um, yeah, I agree with you. You know, our, our buddy Marcus Hayes, who I, I tried to get on the, the, the program, but he had something to do, and he was on with the afternoon guys, so people should check that out on the, on the Jacob Sports YouTube page, uh, youtube.com backslash at Jacob Sports, but um, – Marcus uh, did the piece on Denard Wilson and whether it was fired, whether it was mutual, whatever. If you get past that and go into um, the depth of the column, 
part of it was about Chauncey and that personality and Denard Wilson keeping him in, in step. Um, big personality. Uh, and, and, and you better have confidence. And you're right. There are certain coaches who have confidence. There are certain coaches who don't and are right. not in a position to take that on. And the lesser, you know, options you have, what, what, what's the thing when making a deal, you want as many people bidding to, to bump up the price. The more you, you, you close that, the more unlikely it is to get to the number you want. The Eagles don't use the franchise tag in general. We all know that. Is this the player they're going to use it for? I, I just find that hard to believe, but we'll know at four o'clock this afternoon. Right. Uh, if you are judging what the Eagles have done over the last decade, the answer is no, of course they're not going to. They haven't used it in a decade. Why would they use it here? Because this is a different situation. The Eagles have more free agents coming in for this offseason than they've had in the Howie Roseman era. And the reason is, as he explained to us in Indianapolis, they they went off their usual modus operandi. They didn't attempt to extend anybody because they didn't want to have to pick and choose and create a dynamic in the locker room that might not keep the mojo going the way it was when they were undefeated. So I think you have to view it through that light. It's not, well, they haven't done it in 10 years. No, just this year. What is sitting in front of them? What evaluations do they have to make? How do they have to do a roster build going into 2023 with all these free agents? That's the reason why I'm not putting it at zero. When I Brandon Lee got on last night, he said zero. Not zero. Not 0.0001. He went flat zero. zero no chance. I'm, no I'm a, I'm a, I probably went too high at 10%. Um, I like Brandon zero. I'm not going to go zero because... You know, some of yeah, I never like to go zero, but right, same because here. there's always um, strange circumstances. But it's unlikely. I I think that's pretty clear. And I think y- your assessment of you don't want to get shut out. Well, that's kind of baked in. You're not getting shut out. You're not getting shut out. I mean, there are players that want to come back. I still think Brandon's going to be back. I don't care what people say about Cleveland. And don't get me wrong, Jim Schwartz loves Brandon Graham. Loves him, loves him, loves him. You know who Cleveland also has? Andrew Berry and Catherine Raich. Right. Um, you know who they learned under? Partially, not all, but partially, Howie Roseman. Now, Brandon has tremendous history here. He doesn't have history in Cleveland. He's also going to be 35 on in early April. I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense from a roster building perspective unless you consider yourself a contender, a real contender. Can you honestly look at yourself as the Cleveland Browns and say, hey, we're a real contender? Well, they're going to sell it that way to Brandon. Yeah, you, they you, might because of the you have to Watson. do your own evaluation, but they're not going to go in and, hey, Brandon, we want you to help us elevate from being a team that had no chance to make the playoffs last year because of Deshaun Watson's uh, situation to a team that's got a shot. We we think we have a shot to be a wild card team. Yeah, that, that's not going to No, be- no, no, no. You misunderstand. No, no, you misunderstand what I'm saying, Jody. I'm not talking about the recruitment of Brandon Graham. I'm talking about the Cleveland Browns and their self-evaluation process of why would you want a 35-year-old defensive end who has no history with you? So you kind of uh, leave out the leadership parts that are so important here in Philadelphia. 
other than Jim Swartz likes him, knows him, and all that kind of stuff. If you're Andrew Brett Berry and you're being honest with yourself, if you're Cat Race and you're being honest with yourself and building a football team, you don't consider yourself a contender. If you're not a contender, you're not signing 35-year-old defensive ends to get over the top. I'm not I'm not talking about the recruitment. I'm talking about they got to be honest with okay. themselves, and they don't need 35-year-old defensive ends. All right, I'll, I'll play devil advocate again. If I'm Andrew Berry, you bring in Aunt Grant, Aunt Brandon Graham, and you put him around all the young talent you have on your defensive line. You put him around the defensive guys you do have aren't even down linemen, linebackers, safeties, uh, for leadership purposes. That he's going to come in and he's going to help these guys grow and let them see what it takes to become a Pro Bowl level player in the National Football League. That you're paying a price to get his experience, to bring him into your room so that by him being around those guys and talking those guys up, even after when Brandon's gone, and I think it'll just be a one-year deal, uh, so it'll probably be one and done, that you've improved the mindset of some of your other players that you're going to have in the room who are going to outlast Brandon Graham. Well, look, Brandon can help anybody. I mean, Brandon's one of those guys who truly is, uh, you know, just – sort of sweats leadership. I mean, he's That's gonna he's going to bring in, but you already got a 27-year-old all-pro defensive end there um, who you can look to and say, hey, do what Miles does uh, as far as that perspective. I just, I, I just don't think it makes sense from Cleveland's perspective where they are roster building. And oh, by the way, Brandon wants to stay here. So I don't see Cleveland coming in and saying, oh, we're going to give Brandon Graham so much more money than the Eagles that he can't turn it down. I just, I, I from, from Cleveland's perspective, it just, other than the Jim Sports connection, who loves him, loves him, and why wouldn't he? Um, it doesn't make sense for where Cleveland is. All right, I know it's been more than a decade, uh, and this will annoy people when I roll it out there, but the last time I remember that speech being made, there's no way he's going to leave. He's too tied to the team. He's older. He's not going to want to go. And next thing I know, it's uh, B-Doc coming in to play for the Denver Broncos at Lincoln Financial Field. So it does happen. Guys that you don't think can go anywhere, will go anywhere. He's made his entire career, and then he's in another uniform. I Sorry to bring that up, but... It's a fact. Oh, it happens. It happens all the time. You you know you think about some of the legendary players. Um, you know whether it's your guy Joe Namath limping around in a weird looking uniform, um, Emmett Smith in an Arizona uniform. It, it and, and and that's another part. It usually doesn't end up well. I don't. You know Brandon's pretty been pretty consistent. He wants to play fifteen years, and he wants to finish here. Whether it happens or not, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not closing the door on him leaving because he said also it's more important for him to get to 15 than it is for him to finish in Philly. He wants both, but he wants 15 more. Uh, he wants 15 seasons. So if the Eagles say, you know what, we don't want a 35-year-old defensive end. Thanks for the memories. Um, it's possible. But I, I just don't see Cleveland's, you know, if they were a legit contender, I could see it. 
I could see it. I could see it 100%. But, boy, they're lying themselves if they think they're a contender, especially in the AFC. In the AFC, remember, not the NFC where you could jump up. Um, but you never know. Well, I don't know how much they'll be lying to themselves or how much they'd be lying to BG. But if they want the player, you do what you got to do to get him. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. We're Mac and Mac here on Birds 365. The combine is officially wrapped. Yes, it's transition tag Tuesday in the NFL. And we'll get thoughts on Willie Eagles use transition tag with our next guest. But he's been putting up some great uh, stuff from the combine this week. Opinions on the players that the Eagles should be looking at, could be looking at, maybe drafting by the time we get to April. Uh, Tommy Lawler from EaglesBlitz.com, longtime Eagle uh, reporter, is going to jump aboard with us. He's next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Hi, everybody. My name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Jeff D'Ambrosio doesn't need a special event to appreciate his customers. Jeff shows his appreciation to them every day of the year. Jeff makes sure to stock more new inventory than anyone and guarantees prices and payments that nobody can beat. There are so many reasons that thousands of customers know Jeff is the easy, friendly place to do business. More for their trades. No judgment zone for credit issues. The best, most reliable service department in the country. That's why I like Jeff, and I know you will too. Jeff will satisfy you every day. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, Owner Appreciation Event. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Plan your day with confidence. Keep the umbrellas on hand. With action news and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is still rising. Keeping you prepared wherever you watch. Action news and AccuWeather. The team you trust.
We've got a bud joining us. Uh, he's hopped on plenty during the season. Uh, I've been on his uh, site, EaglesBlitz.com, uh, during the Combine, and he's written some uh, pretty interesting, not only scouting reports, but also potential uses for some players the Eagles may have. Uh, Tommy Lawler, always good to catch up with him here on Birds 365. TL, did you enjoy watching all that Combine stuff? I do. I, I'm one of those weird people that, that watches every minute of it, record mm. it, and rewatch it again, and uh, it just gives you a, a, another exposure to the draft prospects. And hey, listen, that may be the next Jason Kelsey or Brandon Graham out there. So you get to watch them a little bit, get to learn a little bit more about them, figure out who's a good fit. Yeah, you're right, Tommy. I mean, you know, one of the things um, is sort of trying to to I I try to do is look for those players, maybe day three players that have the traits that turn into the next Jason Kelsey or something like that. So. From that perspective, I find it very valuable. Uh, I, I did check out Eagle, eaglesblitz.com. I uh, did some great work with the offense and defense. We always start with quarterbacks, so let's start there. The Eagles could be in the market uh, for a backup quarterback. Obviously, they're not going to take a quarterback at the top of the draft, although you never say never with the Eagles. They did it <laughs> once. I don't see it happening. But if you're looking at day three picks, so we're talking fourth, seventh round. Now, the Eagles don't have anything till the seventh round, but we all kind of know how he's going to manipulate. I'm going to say they're going to have a pick. Right now, they don't have a pick after the third round to, until the seventh round. I'm going to guarantee right here they're going to have some picks, whether it's fourth, fifth, or sixth round. Any quarterback stand out to you that could be potential cost-effective backup quarterbacks for the Eagles? Yeah, one of the guys I wrote about, and first of all, I totally agree with you. He will add picks in those rounds. Uh, he'll he'll do some moving down and, and try to acquire picks there because they need some young players on this roster. Uh, one of the players I wrote about was Stetson Bennett from Georgia, who um, gives off some Gardner Minshew vibes, kind of a cocky, uh, weird player. But he, unlike Minshew, he's got a better arm and he's a he's an outright good athlete. Uh, ran, uh, I think, in four six seven in the forty, and didn't even really look like he was running hard. Um, in in the the passing drills on the field, uh, he, he had some of the better deep balls of any of the quarterbacks. I was surprised, Tommy, how big his arm was. Yeah, uh, he's, I, he's got, I, I did not know that was coming. I did. He's not got a know. good arm, and, yeah. and those deep balls. It's not just about gunning the ball; it's about accuracy and touch. And you're playing with receivers you've never played before. So you that guy takes off and you throw it to a certain point and he his were all caught. Uh, really impressive showing by him. Now he's 25 years old and you don't like older prospects. You know you're getting a guy who's already in the middle of his the prime of his career, so that devalues him a little bit. And um, he's five foot 11, 193 pounds. That's a small quarterback. But if you're looking for a backup, that might be a guy of interest. The one of the reasons you'd like him is that he's a guy who can do the RPO stuff. And we know when Gardner Minshew took over for Jalen Hurts this year, that changed the Eagles' offense. You know, So they were able to still score points and do some things with Minshew, but they might prefer somebody who could do more of the same things as Jalen Hurts. And another player that I, I wrote about is Dorian Thompson-Robinson from UCLA. And he's a guy that is an outstanding athlete and – Really impressive. He played for Chip Kelly for the last five years. And uh, if you watch UCLA games, he made crazy plays on a regular basis, running around with a football, 
Uh, I think it was against uh, Washington State, jumped over a defender. And so that's a guy who's really dynamic. Had the fastest arm, the fastest ball speed of any quarterback at the combine, which surprised me because I didn't think his arm generated that kind of force. The downside with him, he's had an issue with fumbles. Obviously, that's something Nick Sirianni is not big on, but would have to coach up. And in the passing game, he's erratic. He, you can see he's got the physical tools. UCLA ran a very run-heavy offense that mixed in some passing, so he needs a lot of coaching and development as a passer. But the raw physical tools are there, and if that guy's available in the fifth or sixth or seventh rounds, that might be great value and somebody worth taking a chance on. I kind of like Thompson Robinson. I like his running back better, Zach Charbonnet, um, and he could be an interesting guy if he's sitting there in the second round with Eagles choose the second round pick. I know you wrote about this, and we're on the same page here. certainly not a 10 and I don't even think at 30, even if the Gibbs, who's the second best bank uh, back ranked by most uh, pre-draft mock experts, I think Charbonnet is actually the second best back, but um, you don't think the Eagles going to use a first round pick on a running back. Do you? No chance, no shot. 99.9% chance, no shot of, of pick 10, 30 would be a possibility only because then you would have the player under contract for five years. And if it's the right running back, one of the things we have to be honest about as we look at the draft now is allocation of resources because you're getting ready to hand your quarterback $50 million. You've already paid one of your wide receivers $25 million. So all of a sudden you need a running back who's going to be cheap, right? Yeah. If you draft a guy at pick 30, he's under contract for five years and first round picks at the bottom of the first round get reasonable contracts. So there might be value in taking a running back there from a financial standpoint, if there's a player you like. I agree personally, Jameer Gibbs, I'm fascinated as heck by him, but I would rather get a guy who's a little bit more of a powerful runner. The, The Eagles offense, the best, the most fun I've had watching this Eagles offense was in 2021 when Jordan Howard was running. And if you watch some of the games, he came in and when he started running the football, the whole tone of the offense changed the offensive line got fired up watching him run through people. So I'd love a little bit more of a downhill running back. And Zach Charbonnet is a guy that I like quite a bit. So if they could draft him in the second round, I'd be, I'd be very happy with that. Agreed. Uh, well, let's talk downhill then. I won't talk about Derrick Henry because that's silly, but you know, big name on the trade market, supposedly, but Bijan Robinson, um, uh, Dane Brugler from The Athletic is ruining my life today because he put out his new mock draft. And you guessed it, Tommy. He didn't have the Eagles taking Bijan at 10, but he had them trading down to 14 and taking Bijan Robinson. Now, I, 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 before you jump in, I, I, in, in 2017, uh, I got it from a, Good source. Take that from what you will. The Eagles would have drafted uh, Christian McCaffrey if he was there. So, you know, a lot of these narratives that the Eagles won't do this, won't do that, they're kind of, you know, the context isn't there. It, It might take a special player, but if that special player is there, they haven't taken a cornerback in whatever 20 some odd years in the first round, but they would have taken one if, if JC Horn had got to them or, or Patrick Sertain got to him in the Devonte Smith season. So 
that's how close it could be for, you know, sort of dismissing some of these tropes. Running back, typically, the Eagles aren't even thinking about it. Is B. John Robinson that special of a player like they thought Christian McCaffrey was to make them change their thinking? Uh, I think it's possible. And it's funny you, you talk about Dane saying that. One of the ideas I kicked around watching the combine, because in between drills, there's a lot of time just to watch and think. And as you watched him, you saw how talented he was. I thought, what if they did trade down from 10 to, to the middle 15, 20, somewhere in that range. And, and all of a sudden, that guy becomes incredible value because you're talking about the fifth or sixth best player in the draft and getting him in the middle of the first round, and you've traded back and added mid-round picks. And the the reason that you like him is because he's a very good running back, but he's also an outstanding receiver. And they showed clips during the combine of him catching ball. We're not talking about just screen passes. Catching the ball in wheel routes, 25 yards down the field, lining up outside and, and catching them all 20 out five yards downfield. And we know if you go back and think about, you know, the, the Colts game, uh, the the final drive of the game, you know, you, you get Miles Sanders loose 30 yards down the field and Jalen Hurts threw the ball. It drew a pass interference penalty. But was there a ton of confidence that Miles Sanders would have caught that pass? Not for Shouldn't me. Be. Not be. for me. Right. <laughs> History says yeah. probably not. If you're throwing that ball to Bijan Robinson, you're going to expect him to make that play because he's got that on tape. He's got that in his background. And it could be that Nick Sirianni would say, listen, you know, a lot of people might tell you the Eagles don't throw the ball to their running backs very much. You say, well, is it a chicken or the egg thing? Is that the design of the offense or is it the running backs, aside from Kenny Gainwell, just aren't particularly good receivers? And if you add somebody with that kind of talent, all of a sudden that opens up a whole new part of the playbook it makes linebackers and safeties defend a whole nother uh, facet of, of the, the offense. So Bishan Robinson to me is, is, is a special player and is somebody that the Eagles ought to at least consider. Uh, there's no way they take him a 10. I just can't see that. But if they traded back, added those picks and said, and again, think about value and you say, we're going to have a special player under contract for five years. And at the middle of the first round, again, is, is he's not making 10 million bucks a year. So you'd have them financially where it would make some sense, and you'd and you'd add an elite playmaker to a pretty dynamic offense. Yeah, but he better be Christian McCaffrey because the not just Eagles, but the league is trending toward not caring about whether you got that fifth year or not. They'd rather have the running back for just four years, and then if they've got to churn and go in another direction, they can do so. I forget about a position the Eagles will or won't be taking at uh, ten, a spot that they absolutely can use and. Probably going to need to because they're going to lose at least one of their two starting quarterbacks. We talked talked about Slay earlier um, and uh, some of the issues here in town. Don't think they're going to move away from him, but it's not a zero possibility either. Um, at the cornerback position in the draft, most of the mock guys I'm seeing, most of the things I heard on NFL Network, it's either going to be uh, Witherspoon from Illinois or Christian Gonzalez of Oregon. Either one show you a reason to rank one over the other. If you think Joey Porter should be in that conversation, please say so. How do you rank the best corners in this draft? Witherspoon is the best player. And the, the downside with him, he's six foot, 181 pounds. So that's not ideal size. That's, that's plenty big for the NFL, but it's not ideal size. He's not a, a special athlete. We didn't see him work out in Indy. I think he's got a hamstring issue, if I remember correctly. Uh, his pro day is coming up the end of this week, so we'll get a chance to see him then. If he's healthy, if not, he'll reschedule another pro day for a couple of weeks down the road. Uh, but in terms of 
his ability to play the ball, to hit, to tackle, and not just play the ball, but but catch it. And one of the things that you don't like about Joey Porter is that he played for four years at Penn State and had one interception. And he, you know, you, you we know that the Eagles are obsessive on takeaways. Oh, yeah. You've got to have cornerbacks that can catch the football. That was the best selling point for James Bradbury. If the ball's near him, he's going to catch it. And so with Witherspoon, I think that's one of the things you'd like about him. He's a guy that can catch, but he's also, like I say, he's an outstanding hitter and tackler. And he specializes in playing off the ball. So, you know, if you go get a guy like Joey Porter, he's a press man corner. The Eagles just don't play that much press man. And I don't think under Sean Desai, that's going to change a great deal. So to me, Witherspoon is, is the best corner in terms of being ready to play. And I think he's a good fit. Christian Gonzalez is the most interesting guy because he's 6'1", 197 pounds, ran a 4'3", jumped 41 and a half inches. So you get an explosive athlete who's long. He's a solid hitter and tackler, and he's got good hands. He made some incredible catches at, at Oregon this year. And so he's got the biggest upside. He's the guy who could become a stud corner. Witherspoon could be a very good player, but Gonzalez has a higher upside. So you kind of have a question of do the Eagles want the better athlete with the higher upside or the guy who's more ready to play. And if you're taking them at 10, think about the last couple of years. We saw what Sauce Gardner did for the Jets as a rookie. We saw what Patrick Sertan did for the Broncos as a rookie. If the Eagles really believe one of those guys, if they could get one of them and they play at that level, that's a, that's a home run. And that really helps this defense. Yeah. Um, let's stick on the defensive side of the football, Tommy. One guy who kind of opened everybody's eyes uh, was Kalijah Kansi, the undersized defensive tackle from Pitt. We've, we've heard that before, by the way. <laughs> I, I don't want to make that comparison for obvious reasons, but it's unfair to call anybody the next Aaron Donald. But because of the size, because of the explosiveness, um, some have went down that road. Two-prong question. You mentioned Sean Desai, the new defensive coordinator. There's some uncertainty. We don't know until we actually see it, but we do know his history, his Vic Fangio sort of influence. It seems like the Eagles are going to stick with the the Fangio type of scheme where you need the big nose tackle for the five-man fronts. You need the four-eye technique guys. That's not Kalaja Kansi. Uh, but yet, uh, some have speculated uh, even with Javon Hargrave, you think about the Eagles could be losing him. He's not necessarily a fit for this particular defense, philosophy-wise. So do they just want talented players? That's one. That's point number one. Point number two, the NFL as a whole, undersized guys, are they more – are they turning a little bit? We're going to see Bryce Young, a quarterback, can't see a defensive tackle – we have Devontae Smith here in Philadelphia. Are people getting more open-minded when when the measurables aren't there from a size uh, strength perspective? Oh, absolutely. On that front, uh, I was did some training with an NFL scout. Oh gosh, twenty-five years ago, and uh, and he taught, he had worked for the Raiders, and he said, "Here are the rules, and if a prospect is twenty-five, you don't take him. He's undraftable." If a prospect doesn't meet these size thresholds, you don't take him. He's undraftable. Uh, I know when Bill uh, Polian was with the Colts, they had a rule if you a cornerback runs more than a 4-5-5, five, five, you don't take him. He's undraftable. So there used to be these these things where people said, here's these these numbers or these thresholds, and if, if you 
don't meet these thresholds, then you you don't go on our draft board. Now, maybe we take a chance on you as an undrafted player, but we're not spending resources on you. Now you see the NFL going, you know what? There are different shapes and sizes and speeds, and, and we'll take chances. And sometimes we're going to see teams get burned on this. Right now, teams, you know, we, we saw Drew Brees had a great career. Russell Wilson panned out. So people are talking themselves into Bryce Young being fine at his size. If Bryce Young has a good career, you know, they're going to say, oh, that's great. Look, you know, smaller quarterbacks can make it. If he fails, you're going to see teams go, you know what? We do want that guy to be six foot. We do want that guy to be 215 pounds. Uh, we, we're not going to take the chance. So people are willing to take chances right now more so than ever. And Canty will benefit from that. He's got a good shot to be a first round pick because we know the quarterbacks, the thing they hate more than anything is pressure up the middle. Yeah. And that guy is pressure up the middle. He's so he's not just a, an undersized athletic defensive tackle because history is filled with those guys. He's skilled. He knows how to get off blocks. He knows how to shoot gaps. His lateral agility is through the roof. And this is a guy that just flies around blockers. And that's something you, you know, it's not like, well, let me just take any defensive end and put him in there and he's going to be, do the same thing. It's not that way. There's a skill to it. And, and he's got that skill. So that makes him very valuable. So you're going to lose something in run defense, but you'll gain something in, in the passing side of things. And as we know, the NFL is a passing league. So I think people are going to take a chance at him. The Eagles, I, I don't have a good feel for Sean Desai. He, had, he was a coordinator for one year in Chicago, and their defensive line was big. Akeem Hicks was one of their defensive ends at 325 pounds. Yeah. Great the player, by the way, when healthy. A stud, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The other defensive end, I think, was like 305 pounds. But if you say to him, listen, would you trade that 305-pound defensive end for, and I say defensive end, the four eyes four eye, yeah. and 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 we say all right what if we put Kalaja Kansi who could get to the quarterback he might say forget the 305 pound guy all he could do was play the run you know give me the guy who can affect the quarterback because that's going to win me games and yeah we're going to give up some running yards here and there but I'll tell you Kansi will battle double teams he will <laughs> battle blockers he's not going to win those battles consistently but it's not like he's a guy that is shy about fighting to hold his ground and do his part in the run game let me stick with the undersized theme. Um, we're now down to if if the Eagles center is going to tell them whether he is or isn't going to play, you would think that they'd like to know before free agency starts when Isaac Sayamalo becomes a free agent, if they're going to have Jason Kelsey, well, then can they slide Jurgens over and have him play tackle? If not, do they have to put a bigger push on to get Isaac back? If you know you're using Jurgens to replace Kelsey because he's walking away, the first scenario I gave, the former, Jurgens is a player. We all believe he's a player. The Eagles liked him. He filled in uh, as j- just intermittently this year, but everybody's talking him up and how he looked. And at Stoutland University, players show the ability to move around and get things done. All the credit to Jeff Stoutland, but he's undersized for a guard, talented player. But if you move him to guard and you got an undersized Kelsey on probably his last year, will we be saying that for the next four years? Yeah, um, we keep saying that. Yeah. yeah, and it just keeps rolling over and rolling yeah. over and rolling By over. By the way, w- wouldn't it be funny if we always talk about the Eagles took Landon Dickerson to be the heir apparent to Jason Kelsey? Well, now he's one of the best left guards in football. 
they took Cam Jurgens to be the heir apparent to Jason Kelsey. What if he turns into one of the best right guards in football? <laughs> uh, wouldn't surprise me, but sorry. Uh, go ahead, Jody. Finish your um, thought. The difference between Dickerson and uh, Jurgens is probably about three inches and 25 pounds. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Landon's big. Yeah. He's a big, big, big dude. I know. I uh, interviewed him in the, uh, the WIP uh trailer this uh past uh, preseason we just accept that jurgens is going to be good because a the eagles say so and b he's under the tutelage of jeff statland so he has to be good because nobody comes out of statland university not able to play the position you need him to play should we we be worried about him being undersized if the eagles move in the tackle I'm not too worried about his size. Uh, there are guards that, that play in the 300, 305 pound range and, and, and do a good job. You don't need to be huge these days. What you need to do is, is have a skill set that matches your size. And he's an athletic guy. We saw last year in the preseason, it looked like Jason Kelsey was out there running around blocking in space, blocking on the move. So he's good at that. He's not a massive guy who's going to line up across from a defensive tackle and go just drive him off the ball the way that Landon Dickerson can. Now, he'll play with better leverage than Dickerson. He'll get under their pads, and he can win that way. He's not going to get the same movement, but he can still win those battles. And you look at Zach Martin for for Dallas, you know, best right guard in football, and, and he's a 310, 315-pound player. You know, you don't have to be 325, 330 pounds to, to be a, a good guard in this league. You just have to have the right skill set, and I think Jurgens has the right skill set for his size. Uh, we are talking. Let's go down that route, Tommy, because we're talking about uh, this year's draft. Let's go back to last year's draft because no team in football, understandably so, because the Eagles had the deepest, most well-rounded roster in football, no team got fewer snaps from their rookies than the Eagles, um, meaningful snaps. And now they got to count on those guys. So it's not just Cam Jurgens who's going to be a starter somewhere, whether it's center, right guard, at least penciled in. Um, Jordan Davis got to step up, got to play more. Um, not going to get Javon Hargrave and Fletcher Cox back, it looks like. Um, Nicobe Dean, you might get TJ back, you might get Kaiser back, but you're not going to get both of them back. Um, he's got to step in, even want to rewind a year to Milton Williams. Um, he's got to step up. Are you confident in these players, uh, and, and their abilities for the most part? And Milton Williams played his best football the last six, eight weeks of the year <laughs> last year. So if you say, okay, let's pencil him in. It, where Javon Hargrave plays, if Hargrave walks in free agency, I'm comfortable with that. Now, is he going to be an 11 sack guy all of a sudden? We, no guarantees on that. You know, Javon Hargrave had one of the better seasons by a defensive tackle in a few years. You can't count on that level of production. Uh, Nicobe Dean, that weak side linebacker, I'm looking forward to that. He showed real playmaking ability when he got on the field. So Another I undersized think, guy to our previous theme, too, right, uh, getting right. more. Yeah. Although he's he's about the same size as, as Kaiser White, who had that role, and Kaiser had a, a solid year. So, Nicobe, I'm, I'm interested to see him play. Uh, Jurgens, I think we saw enough from him last year during the preseason to know that he's going to be a solid player. You know, we'll see how good. Um, really, Jordan Davis is the biggest mystery in my mind of, of that group. And because we saw flashes from him, but, you know, and he's the guy who kind of played the most out of him, 
but we also saw times where he didn't flash and he just kind of looked out he, like he was out there. And, you know, you expect that. Hey, Tommy, real quick, you know who played the most? Reed Blankenship. Oh, yeah. That's there the you guy. Go. <laughs> right. And, and he and, proved to be a crucial player. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So Jordan Davis, it's defensive tackle is a tough position. If you go back and you look, Fletcher Cox didn't have a particularly good rookie year. You go back to the old days and look, uh, you know, Broderick Bunkley didn't do a ton as a rookie. You know, the old days, like Corey Simon might be the last defensive tackle that came in and just flourished. And Jim Johnson had, had him in a one-gap system that let him just fly up the field, go disrupt things, and, and, he, and he did that very well. Most defensive tackles take a little while to figure out what they're doing because they're, they're used to playing in college where they were bigger and stronger than guys around them. They get to the NFL, and all of a sudden, the guy across you, he's bigger and stronger than you, and he doesn't care about you. He's going to block your butt. And so they struggle with that. And as they, as the defensive tackles adjust to the physicality of the league and they get good coaching and they learn how to use their bodies, their hands, they understand leverage, all that stuff that you can see them start to blossom. We saw Fletcher Cox in year two started to make plays. And I think Jordan Davis will follow that same track, but listen, it's fair to say, you know, we got to be careful with him because we just saw flashes as a rookie and and flashes are, um, it's not as much as you wanted to see. Didn't know we were going to get a Broderick Bunkley reference today. Yeah, that's why we have Tommy out is to Absolutely. bring us back down memory lane a little bit. I, I want to move off the field with the players and into the coaches' room. There's a turnover in Eagles coaching staff. We know about the defection of the two coordinators to go be head coaches. The replacements now in one individual uh, already under contract in consideration didn't get the gig given his walking papers yesterday. Nick Sirianni liked to talk a lot this year about connection. He has since he was hired. But that's a key element to his coaching technique is he connects with his players and he expects himself and his other coaches to do the exact same thing. They've either got to restart the connection and or you could say there's a bit of a disconnect because there's going to be new additions to the uh, Eagles coaching staff. How much of a hurdle is this for Sirianni in his third year? It's a little bit of a hurdle, you know, but I think the players – uh, we'll, we'll see Sean decide. He's a guy that has a great reputation uh, from the people he's worked with. And that's the key thing. He's got to come in and be able to to win the room over and make them comfortable with him. And w- for what you've heard about him as days of going back to college and, and what he did at Temple, what he did with the Bears, Seattle was excited when they hired him last year. He seems like he is a very engaging guy that's able to really connect with, with people. And so I think that he'll be a good fit in that way. Um, we'll see how he, how good he is in terms of X's and O's. Uh, so there's going to be some, some challenges there. The, uh, the players liked the old staff of Gannon and Denard Wilson and Nick Rallis. And now that, you know, Rallis is gone, Wilson's gone, Gannon's gone. Um, you know, they're going to have to get used to the new staff. But the, the other part of this is the NFL is all about change. We know that code players come and go coaches come and go so it isn't like you're disrupting a family it isn't like you're getting a new dad right you know they understand that it's a business and and these kind of things happen so there'll be a little bit of a hurdle there but if they have the right guys i think they'll come through it just fine at uh lawler nfl follow tommy on twitter uh eagles blitz i-g-g-l-e-s blitz.com you can read them there did some uh great combine work um I'll leave you with the coaching staff as well, Tommy, the offensive side. 
I think a lot of people are, are sort of moving quickly past the fact that Shane Steichen was a pretty good play caller. And they say, well, it's the same offense, you know, Brian Johnson, same talent. It's going to be the same. And I kind of look at the, the shift from Nick Sirianni to, to Shane Steichen. That should have shown people, all right, same offense. One guy was a better play caller. Let's be honest. Nick might be a better head coach. We'll see how Shane does in Indianapolis. But Shane was a better play caller. Are you uh, confident that the Eagles will not miss a beat when it comes to the offensive play calling with Brian Johnson? There will be differences. There's no question. You're going to have a different play caller. There may be some ways that he's better. There's going to be some ways he's worse. There's, There's just no question when there's change, things are going to be a little bit different. The game plan is going to be put together. You know, and you'll have Sirianni's hands all over that. You'll have Jeff Statlin doing his part in that. So they'll, they'll all put the game plan together. And they talk during breaks during the game. Hey, what do we want to do on this upcoming series? So it isn't like Shane Steichen called plays in a vacuum. It's not like he was the only guy who had any idea what was getting called on a regular basis. But when they went to certain situations and they're going up tempo, he's calling those plays quickly. And that's when he was doing it by himself. And I remember the, the one play that, that, that sticks out to my mind, they ran a, a play against Dallas um, in the first game. I guess it was the second game, the Minshew game, where they faked something and brought Devontae across and hit him for a touchdown. And Nick Sirianni talked about Steichen calling that play and saving it for that moment. And that's one of those things where as a play caller, if you've got a play that you sure – is going to get you a first down or a touchdown. You know, do you do it when you're down 10 points in the second quarter? Do you wait for the third quarter? Do you wait for the fourth quarter? And in that game, I feel like they did it in the third or fourth quarter. And it was a crucial play and, a, and just a brilliant call. And that's where Steichen showed a special ability. Brian Johnson, you know, we'll see. He might be able to do the same kind of thing. There, He might use that play earlier. He might save it and not use it and regret not using it. We'll have to, to see how he does, but there's going to be some change and uh, it'll be interesting, but I think there's enough smart people helping to build that game plan and, and collaborate on, um, on, on game day that I think the Eagles office will still be one of the better units in the league. Tommy, last one for me, and I'll readily admit it's a completely unfair question. So you're not going to be <laughs> held completely accountable for it, but I'm just interested to see where your mindset is at. I just checked Twitter. I checked my source. Jalen Hurts has not signed a contract extension today. So you chalk off another day off the calendar that they haven't gotten it done. When should Eagle fans start to actually get nervous? Is it before free? Is it after free? Is it in camp? Is it in season? Is it all the way up till next year? We know he's under contract and he's going to play on the last year of his rookie deal, but they need to get something done at some point calendar watch when do you go uh oh houston because remember that's where jalen's from we have a problem <laughs> to me it would be august uh because okay. th- that's when you get into training camp and you know at that point a lot of times players will tell you you know we're going to finalize negotiations now because i don't want this affecting my play during tr- the preseason or the regular season so um the eagles th- listen they'd love to sign him First, because they don't want Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, all these guys getting contracts, and then Hertz tries to top them. So they want to they want to sign him sooner. But um, it's such a, a complicated process because he's going to get a boatload of money. 
and the Eagles are not in great cap shape right now. So they've got to structure that deal. And a part of it could be that they're waiting to see what happens with free agency. We know they would love to bring back a couple of their players, but if they, if they all of a sudden are out on Javon Hargrave, Fletcher Cox, Gardner Johnson, <laughs> Miles Sanders, they may say, okay, that'll change the way we structure the contract a little bit versus if we, if we are able to, to, to get something done with Javon Hargrave, okay, maybe then we need to structure the contract a little differently. So it could be they're waiting to see what happens with free agency. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, it, it, it's, it, I'm confident they're going to get something done because uh, Sirianni wants him. Howie Roseman wants him. Hertz wants to be here. His best friend, AJ Brown is here. They're, they're willing to pay him money. The Eagles have, have always paid their quarterbacks very well. Donovan McNabb got a record setting deal years ago. Quint, uh, Carson Wentz got a record setting deal. They, they, they will pony up for the quarterback position. That's we're not talking about linebacker here. That's quarterback. The Eagles will get that thing done. Eagle fans like your optimism, Tommy. That's what they wanted to hear. Appreciate you jumping in with us. Gave us some great scouting stuff and uh, some coaching stuff as well. You know, we'll be hitting you up as the offseason goes on. Thanks for jumping in today, and we'll talk again soon. Always fun to talk to you guys. Thanks, Eaglesblitz.com. That's I-G-G-L-E-S, blitz.com. Tommy Lawler, a long time. Eagles reporter here with us on Birds 365. All right, Jody Mack, coming back. Want to continue the free agency talk. And throw a couple names John's way. Guys that are Eagle free agents. Their contract is up. They were on the team this year. They weren't necessarily major contributors, but if the Eagles are going to be losing guys, maybe keeping a couple of their guys who didn't play much and asking them to do more is a possibility. We'll come back and continue to talk. Eagles free agents here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers, go for the hit, and the hits. Go for the stakes, and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Jeff D'Ambrosio doesn't need a special event to appreciate his customers. Jeff shows his appreciation to them every day of the year. Jeff makes sure to stock more new inventory than anyone and guarantees prices and payments that nobody can beat. There are so many reasons that thousands of customers know Jeff is the easy, friendly place to do business. More for their trades. No judgment zone for credit issues. The best, most reliable service department in the country. That's why I like Jeff, and I know you will too. Jeff will satisfy you every day. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, Owner Appreciation Event. 
We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Plan your day with confidence. Keep the umbrellas on hand. With action news and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is still rising. Keeping you prepared wherever you watch. Action news and AccuWeather. The team you trust. Guys, here on Bird Street 65, McMullen and McDonald, hour down, hour to play. In hour number two, we'll be joined by our pal Jeff Kerr from CBSSports.com, NFL writer and host on uh, the Jacob Media YouTube channel of Good Morning NFC. A little downtime for the show, but Jeff will be back and he'll be with us coming up in about 20 minutes. All right, J Mac, I wanted to, re- we know when we talk Eagle Free Agents, Javon Hargrave, Bradbury, Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Both linebackers, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham. These are the names that people talk about for varying reasons. Their importance to the Eagles this past year, what they could be in the future, what they've done for the Eagles in the past. A lot of different reasons that those names come first. There are a couple of guys that have had whatever level of success with the Eagles, or maybe lack thereof, and uh, one other. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Guys, uh, track record that are free agents that I, I want to get your take on. You've been an Andre Dillard guy since the Eagles drafted him. And since we started Birds 365 together, and I remember you telling me, they're giving Andre every chance to start. Jordan Mailata is Andre Dillard's backup. And then he went by him like he was standing still. But they did. The Eagles gave him the starting reps, which means they, and Jeff Stoutland's a big voice in that room, uh, had some confidence in Andre Dillard and liked things about Andre Dillard to give him that shot didn't pan out because my lotto became as good as he did. Uh, he's been the backup at a couple of different positions. We know left tackle is his best position, most natural position. Um, uh, some people believe he's just going to step in and be a starting left tackle somewhere in the NFL this year. Any buzz on Andre Dice become the forgotten man because the Eagles have so many other priority free agents they have to deal with and talk about and think about. What's going to happen with Andre Dillard come next week? Yeah, he's an interesting one. He, I mean, he's going. Uh, the, the only question is, what is the contract going to be? I think teams have gotten smarter. Um, and because of what happened here, um, you don't have to pay him a ton of money, you would think. Um, and this could be good value for – there's a lot of offensive line – 
efficient teams in this league. We talk about it all the time. Uh, yeah, I'm in that category. He's going to be a starting left tackle. Um, now, the beauty of that from whatever team pegs him is you don't have to pay him like a starting left tackle, at least right now, at least until he proves himself. So I think he's one of the more interesting um, names in the entire league on the open market because I think from his perspective, he should want to sign a one-year deal. I was going to say, is he going to do a prove-it deal? I would do it. If I were Andre Dillard, I'd sign for a one-year seven million maybe and say all right and then if he starts and plays at a high level he's right back on the market making big money i i, I mean that's i think the advice his agent's going to give him is to sign to prove a deal and you know wouldn't surprise me if it's five million wouldn't surprise me if it's seven wouldn't surprise me if it's 10 million because there's so many desperate teams but he's one of the more interesting names in the entire league on the market. And he's not going to be back here. And he's going to get an opportunity to start somewhere. Uh, it'll be interesting how desperate teams are. And teams have gotten smarter, but there's also still some dumb teams. There's also starting with the, uh, the team with the number one pick in the draft. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't like, it's a short sample size, but I don't like what Ryan Poles has done in Chicago, even a little bit. And now he's in a position where, you know, they got to make a decision on the quarterback. It looks like they've made their decision. They're going to go forward with Justin Fields. And if you, you knew that maybe you should have built around them to begin with. You, you, you yeah, but they didn't, but, and, and you know, a bit of, Field fan I am, they didn't have the information they have now. Fields had a really eye-opening type season, even though the team lost as many games as they did. It wasn't Fields' fault that they lost those games. He needed to kind of go out and prove it to them. They they were new to the the Bears, so if if it took them a little longer to come to grips with the well, my question to you would be, and I, you know, it's not, uh, you know, what did he prove to them? Because they, he didn't get an opportunity to prove anything other than he was a phenomenal athlete and he made something out of nothing all the time. But everybody already knew that. I think as far as quarterback play, as far as process. John, you knew he was going to rush for 1,100 yards before the season started? No, of course oh, not 1,100. Okay. But then, I knew then we he didn't was really great, know, did we? I knew he was a great athlete. I, knew, I wasn't worried about his rushing, whether that number was 700 or 1,100. I wasn't worried about that. I still know nothing about him as a passer. In fact, when I was in Chicago, and I'm going down a wormhole, I was not impressed because the processing time was so slow. Um, ball wasn't coming out of his hand. I was not impressed even a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I'm never going to predict any quarterback's going to rush for 1,100, but I knew he was a great runner. I mean, that that, that didn't – that that didn't move the, 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 the stick for me, the measuring stick for me is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. That uh, bears Chicago game this year. And it's the one that Jalen of course got hurt in and Jalen wasn't great either. It was the cold. 
about as cold as humanly possible guys should be asked to play in. I'm not going to make that my measuring stick of what kind of passer to Justin. Well, yeah, but that has nothing to do with processing. That has nothing to do with getting the football out on time, that kind of stuff. Everybody has bad games, but I mean, I joke, you know, with our buddy, Mike K, my buddy, you know, who we got to get back on the show at some point. I mean, you, you, you could judge that guy's decision-making with a sundial. I mean, it was just ridiculous. And, and that's what I'm saying with Ryan Poles. What the hell changed? I, I, either build around the guy or don't. Uh, and, and I've advocated that they should trade uh, Justin and draft whoever they like in this year's draft. They're going to go in a different direction. But, boy, I don't – Which quarterback I, I, do you think is going to be better than Justin Fields is in this year's draft? Um, I, I, I would rather have Bryce uh, with the size deficiencies and all. Um, and I'm, I'm, I think CJ is going to be better as well. I think those top two are, are going to be better. Um, but it's not a criticism of Justin Fields. It's a criticism of Ryan. Exactly Poles. what it is. It's, it's not, but that's what you're doing. If you're no, saying because they didn't help guys the, kid. In the draft that you think are going to be better than him. Well, that's not, I mean, so what you, you might have the first pick and the second pick. I mean, they should be good. That does. I think they're, they, they're, I, I think they have a better chance, and and part of the part of the problem is they didn't help the kid. So oh, now he's a got a bunch part of, of the problem. But, but, but now he's got a bunch of bad habits. Now now he's now he's he's doing all this stuff, and he's not getting the football out of his hands, and he's trying to make something out of nothing, and he's got a bunch of bad habits. That's what I'm saying. I don't like Ryan Poles, is what I'm saying. You're taking it as I don't like Justin Fields. He did much, he, a, he's saying he's got a bunch of bad habits. Did, did you really break down the film on Justin Fields' games week in, week out in the NFL this year? I uh, Not every game, but I saw okay. him play enough, and he's got a bunch of bad habits. That's not exactly controversial, Jody. He's got a bunch of bad habits. Look at anybody in their description of Justin Fields. He's very slow when it comes to processing and decision-making. This, these are not controversial statements. I do not like what the Chicago Bears are doing, and I don't like what they've done to Justin Fields, and I don't like the GM, and it's a small sample size, but that was my larger point, and you're going down the Fields route. Focus on polls. I think polls is awful. That was my, my question of when I said when I started this tangent um, there's there's a lot of teams are getting smarter in the NFL, but there's still a lot of dumb teams. Not a lot. There's still a few dumb teams, and that's why I brought up Chicago. And I think Brian Paul's had a bad year. Uh, his first year out of the out of the block wasn't great, and I thought they left uh, Justin Fields with no weapons whatsoever on the outside, and really not much in the running game either, other than himself. So you're right. If you're evaluating year one of Ryan Paul's, that's an F. But I'm going to give him year two. And they did kind of get lucky to back into the first overall pick. Lovey Smith goes and wins a game that gives them a chance to be in the catbird seat. Well, let's see what Ryan Pulse does with that pick. Let's see how he can spin it off and get extra draft picks and plug guys in that they can be better. It sounds to me like you're writing off Ryan Pulse. I'm not there yet. I, I'll go agree with you if you go, what kind of year did he have his first year as the GM? F, that's an F. But I'm not firing him, so I'm going to give him this year because he does have uh, not only the number one pick in the draft that he can turn into uh, whatever bounty he can get his hands on, 
they also have, I think, the most cap flexibility in the entire league, if they're not the one of the top two or three. So we'll see what Ryan Paul says this, this offseason. I'm going to give him another chance to prove that he's not an, an F general manager. All right, one other Regal free agent I did want to ask you about is the backup quarterback. You talked about Chauncey Gardner-Johnson having a big personality, which is dead-on accurate. Well, supposedly, Gardner Minshew's got a big personality, too. But if you're the backup quarterback to Jalen Hurts, I give Gardner this much credit. Yeah, be quiet and just go sit in the corner. Uh, and his two games he played this year, he did not get the job done. Um, most people think that the Eagles are going in another direction as a backup quarterback. Any chance Gardner Minshew's back here again? Uh, yeah, I think there's a small percentage. Uh, again, I would say, you know, less than 20%. One, you know, Gardner um, fancies himself as a starting quarterback in this league. I don't think anybody is going to sign Gardner Minshew and say, try to sell to their fan base. This is our guy. Um, I, you know, I give him credit for having confidence in himself. This is the guy who said he didn't take dumps in the Jacksonville facility because he doesn't believe in number two. Not number two, right? uh, uh, You know, I give him credit for uh, confidence in himself, but I, I just don't think it's out there uh, to where um, he's going to get um, that kind of opportunity. But where I do think he's going to get an opportunity is to go somewhere in a situation where – he's got an opportunity to play because the, the starter is not as entrenched. Um, you know, Jalen's playing here if he's healthy. Um, you know, he tried it once. He walked into the office. Hey, I played well against the Jets. Can I be the starter? And Nick said, oh, settle down a little bit, Carter. Um, he knows he's not going to be the starter here. So I do think somebody's going to sign him, you know, to a $5 million deal. Uh, to be a backup to a quarterback that isn't great. And and he'll see that as an opportunity. If this guy gets benched, I'll have an opportunity to go in there and play. Um, so I think it's unlikely. Um, but the Eagles need a backup quarterback. I don't think they believe in Ian Book yet. So um, we talked about it with Tommy, at, you know, day three rookie. You're going to count on that guy as a backup quarterback? Mm, you know, and – Look, Jalen's been a starter for two years, and you've needed the backup to play both years uh, for a couple games. So the Eagles know how valuable that position is. Um, you're going to go out on the free agent market and sign Jacoby Brissett. He might cost you more than Gardner Minshew. So there's a chance, but not a good chance. All right, uh, I'm ready to wish Gardner good luck in whatever venture he jumps into next year. And I think the way you describe it could very well be accurate. Um, I do not believe he's going to be back here. I think the Eagles will go in another direction because he had his chance. I know he won that game against the Jets. I was there for that game, sat in the stands as a fan and watched last year the Jets. Two years ago, the Jets' defense was brutal, so he, he did a couple of good things. Yeah, everybody did good things against the Jet defense. If he had done that against the Jet defense this year, I would have been more impressed, uh, Gardner. Sauce would have got year. him this year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mark that one down. All right, one other, well, two other guys I want to ask you about. It's kind of a uh, daily double. Um, 
in season, Howie Roseman, when Jordan Davis went down and the first week the Eagles were run against pretty badly and it looked bad on film and the team racked up a bunch of yards with Davis being out of there, uh, Howie reacted and he reached out and got a couple of veteran defensive tackles who were on the street in season, just waiting for the right opportunity. And uh, surprisingly, Linval Joseph gets signed and shortly thereafter, and Domkin Sue gets out. I thought when they got Joseph, all right, he got his guy. No, he doubled down and went and got another one. And both of those guys were part of the rotation. Joseph Moore in the Davis role as the, the big man in the middle. Either one of these guys think about coming back? No, not, not, not in the conventional way. The exact same way that it happened this year. You know, if they want to continue to play, both of these players have made so much money, so much money over their NFL careers. Um, they're not going to sit and sign with anybody for one year in the veteran minimum. They're not going to do it. They might do what they, if they want to continue to play, they might do what they did this year and say, all right, let me ring shop. Let me, let me wait uh, until November and say, who's good. Uh and I'll come in for the prorated, try to get a ring. But no, I can't see either of those guys at the start of free agency saying, I got to get a deal done. I got to get it done. I mean, they just, they've made so much money in their careers. They can do what they did this year. They can do the exact same thing. So if, you know, the Saints just got their car, if they take off and, you know, maybe they go play for the Saints in November. Um, you know, same thing, ring shopping. I think that's going to be a new market in the NFL. I really do with veteran players. Guys that sit till October, yeah, somewhere thereabouts. And then, yeah, but see, and it happened last year. You, you there, There's no getting around the fact that both of the guys signed here with the Eagles and the Eagles made it to the Super Bowl and were tied with 10 seconds going in the game. So they came damn close to achieving their goal of ring shopping. It was a little luck involved that the guy just happened to get hurt. He was doing the job and keeping the Eagles as one of the better defenses against the run. And just kind of like the, the, the waters parting, it was perfect for them. You bank on that going into an offseason, that perfect situation might not unfold in front of your very eyes like it did this past year. Well, Our I guys think... like Sue and, and Linval Joseph taking a chance if they do it that way. Well, yeah, I mean, but I don't think they care. In other words, I don't I don't I think they're at the stage of their career where they're not gonna play seventeen games for you know four million dollars, you know, throw a number out there. They're they're just not gonna do that. So um if it doesn't um come up, they'll say, All right, I'm not gonna play. <laughs> if if you does... remember, and I shame on me, I should know. So uh if you can fill in the blank for me, John, I'd appreciate it. What they play for this past year? Was it prorated or did they get more than that because of their names and the value? They didn't play all the games. Yeah, they did remember? get more than the they than the uh prorated minimum. Yeah. Um they got more than that. Uh, I can look it up. I'll I'll try to look it up as we're talking. Yeah, they did get more than that, but everything's prorated at that point. So Linval uh, signed for one year, two hundred thousand, uh, two hundred fifty thousand signing bonus. Uh, 
125 per playoff win. So he got some extra money there. Oh, good. Um, that's, that's always a good move. If you can get that put in and then your team helps you out and achieves it, that's a nice added uh, dollar figure to your, your yeah. seasonal earnings. So, um, yeah. And those guys aren't going to, you know, they might ring shop again, but if not, they'll just walk off into the sunset. All right, because they both did contribute, and uh, uh, just interested to see if you thought that they would put an entire year of football in. Uh, if you say no, I can't argue with you because you're right. They both made a lot of money off their career. That is not the main factor in their decision, or at least we don't think so. All right, he is John McMahon. I'm Jody McDonald. That makes us Mac and Mac here on Birds 365. Joining us next is Jeff Kerr, our bud from CBSSports.com and the host of Good Morning NFC East here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. We haven't talked to JK in a couple of weeks. Looking forward to uh, stoking the conversation again with Jeff Kerr next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes go to get your parlay on go to get your party on go for the scene go for the screens go for the gallery go for the win go to ocean visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit at pond lee hockey we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients and we're confident we can do the same for you with over 250 years of combined courtroom experience We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Hi, everybody. My name's Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing, the second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Jeff D'Ambrosio doesn't need a special event to appreciate his customers. Jeff shows his appreciation to them every day of the year. Jeff makes sure to stock more new inventory than anyone and guarantees prices and payments that nobody can beat. There are so many reasons that thousands of customers know Jeff is the easy, friendly place to do business. More for their trades. No judgment zone for credit issues. The best, most reliable service department in the country. That's why I like Jeff, and I know you will too. Jeff will satisfy you every day. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, Owner Appreciation Event. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Plan your day with confidence. Keep the umbrellas on hand. With action news and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is still rising. Keeping you prepared wherever you watch. Action news and AccuWeather. The team you trust.
guys here with your first Street 65 with Colin McDonald, and we get a third Jacob family member involved in today's conversation. Always good to catch up with Jeff Curry here with us on uh, the Birds 365. All right, J.K., since you are Mr. NFC East, I'm going there first. The Washington Commanders used the franchise tag on Darren Payne. Um, the Dallas Cowboys used it on Tony Pollard. We got two NFC East teams left. We assume the Giants are going to use it today on either Daniel uh, their quarterback and or their running back. Uh, and I'm clinging to the possibility that maybe Chauncey Gardner-Johnson gets the franchise tag from the Eagles. We got two already registered in. How many franchise tags are going to be given out in the NFC East? I'll say three or four. I still don't think the Eagles are going to use it because teams that know how to manage the salary cap just don't use the franchise tag. And I know the Eagles have a lot of guys that are free agents. I mean, really, if if I wanted to use the franchise tag for anybody, I know I know CJ. Uh, Garner Johnson would be the one, but truthfully, I'd use it on Javon Hargrave if I'm being quite honest with you, because I think he's the player that they can't afford to lose. Now that that's way too much money, though. That that's the thing. I'm Howie Roseman's a lot smarter than me in that regard. But if you had to just pick a player, I think Javon Hargrave would be the guy. But I just don't see them using it. I think they're going to try to negotiate long-term deals with the free agents they want, and that'll that'll do it. Um, what Jay Bond? Um, because we have a shift in uh, obviously a defensive coordinator. We think we still are going to see the, the same sort of philosophy in the, in the Fangio philosophy, Jeff. Is, is Javon Hargrave as good as a season he had? Do you want to pay him 18 to $20 million in that philosophy? I mean, he's a three technique. They don't play enough three technique. Um, He's not a good run stopper. Um, is he a fit for this team, as strange as it sounds, coming off the year he had? So it's weird because I thought he played in a way different style of defense when he was in Pittsburgh. Yeah, he did. So, so I kind of liked how he transitioned over to Philly because when they signed Hargrave in 2020, I'm like, oh, that's interesting because he mostly played nose tackle. And then he comes over to Philly and he's learning a completely different system, played under two different coordinators in Jim Schwartz, in Jonathan Gannon, and seemed to do really well under Gannon the last two years. So I figure he'd be able to learn. I kind of like the stability, though, because if you don't bring Fletcher Cox back, you got Javon Hargrave working with a Jordan Davis, with a Milton Williams, uh, a Marlon, uh, I can never pronounce his last name. Tui Pelotu. That's the one name I, I don't think I'll ever get right. I got Luthi Vitae all these years. I don't think I'll ever get that one. But besides the point there, I just got to get, there's another one coming, uh, his brother. So you got to get yeah. uh, Chewy Pelotu. Yeah, he was at the combine. I'm like, I yeah. still, I still know that for now. It's just one of those names. <laughs> anyway, I just like the fact with a guy that, well, is Javon Hargrave now? Is he, he's turning 30, right? Yeah, he's going to yeah. be 30. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it all depends how long you pay him. If it's three years, 60 million. I think I can live with that, but it, that's just – I agree with you, though, John. 18 to $20 million is a big commitment, especially when you have a lot of other uh, needs on this roster. All right, we got to 4 o'clock for the tags to officially be placed on the players. Which way do you think the Giants are going to go? Or you said three out of four, so I'm assuming you mean they're going to do one, either Daniel Jones or Saquon Barkley. Uh, there are reasons to lean in both the two directions. Saquon's cheaper. The running backs are just cheaper than quarterbacks but the quarterbacks are more important position. And 
in the way the salaries are escalating, a franchise tag, non uh, non exclusive franchise tag, is not that outrageous and is like 13 million less per season than Daniel Jones has been quoted to be asking for. They're going to slap it on the quarterback or the running back in New York. So when I did franchise tag candidates for every team, when I did the Giants, I used Saquon because I thought $10 million, yeah, not a bad rate for Saquon. He's still amongst the top five paid at his position. And I think for one year, you can kind of do another wait and see and try to get a, a at least a sort of short slash long-term deal done with Jones at, you know, two, three years. But franchise second Jones doesn't seem to be too bad considering he's searching for the moon and the stars here with $45 million a year. So maybe you franchise tag in, just say, Hey, you're playing under this. We want to see you play another year and we'll try to get a deal done with Saquon. It just seems like Saquon right now is easier to get a deal done with than Daniel Jones, as crazy as it sounds. Yeah. Um, And you're right. I mean, the franchise tag for running back is not bad, which is why you see Josh Jacobs getting it. Tony Pollard getting it. Um, Maybe the Giants get something done with Daniel Jones and they can franchise Saquon Barkley. That would open up the market for Miles Sanders. Um, I don't know if the market's going to be there for Miles if, if some of those guys hit it. Uh, luckily for him, it's not. I, I don't think he's going to come back, but I want to talk to you about that position with the Eagles from a philosophical standpoint. A lot of people talk about B. John Robinson. We talked about it earlier. Um Derrick Henry's on the trade market. You know Eagles fans and big names, Jeff Kerr. Oh, get me Derrick Henry. Did the Eagles need a big-time running back with Jalen Hurts? Do they, 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 you're, you're, you're kind of – plus one means plus one. If you're just going to turn and hand the ball off, you're taking away that plus one – are they more effective with a Kenny Gainwell than going out and getting a big name running back? What about the kid from Alabama? I take him, uh, Jabbar Gibbs. Gibbs. I, I, yeah, I, I, th- I think I would take him if the, if he's around in the second round. I think that'd be worth the investment. But I don't think they need a big time running back. But they're running the offense. I mean, if you look at what Boston Scott, Kenny Gainwell did, maybe add a Jeff Wilson in there to the mix, and you know, then you could draft somebody, and you kind of have a running back by committee. But you're right, John. When you have Jalen Hurts. I I think that kind of cancels everything out. Now, if the Eagles could get Miles Sanders back for say five million a year, I'd be all for it. But I don't think that's going to be his market because I think Spot Track has him at like seven and a half, eight million, something like that, which. I think it's fair value for Miles Sanders. I just don't see the Eagles paying it. But to, to answer your initial question, I, I don't think they need to just break the bank for a running back. And I don't know if I really want Derrick Henry right now, to be honest with you. It just doesn't seem not like the this, Eagles philosophy. Not, no, no. Why would you want uh, just a power running back? Which you're taking away the strength of the running game. I, 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 I don't get it. Yeah, you'd be That's changing it. I, I yeah. give Dark Country his credit, but you oh no, great! I'm not diminishing Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I'm not dismissing. It's just not a fit in an RPO offense. It's just not a fit. Very much agree. All right, uh, Jeff, I need your take on Eagles coaching staff. There's been changes. Some of the Eagles couldn't control guys getting head coaching jobs. More power to them. So you got to replace them, elevate, bringing guys from the outside. What happened with Denard Wilson is causing some consternation he doesn't get the defense coordinator gig it's reported that he was okay with staying as the defensive backs coach 
And then it came out that he, he and the organization were parting ways, depending on who you read and who you believe. It was all Eagles' decision, not a, a mutual parting of ways. This is probably mostly on Nick Sirianni. Again, he hadn't come out and confirmed it. Said, yeah, this was my call. I decided to move on. I did it for myself, the team, Denard, everybody. It's all on me. Did Sirianni handle this well? You know what? It doesn't feel like Jonathan Gannon and Denard Wilson are kind of being pinned as scapegoats for the Super Bowl right now. It's it's almost like, okay, you gave us a number two pass defense, but what did number you do? Number one. Number yeah, one. Yeah, number yeah. one. Thank you. Th- thank you for correcting me on that, yeah. McMullen. <laughs> yeah. And it just seems like, okay, they held the Chiefs to yards. 182. Yeah, yeah. 182 in the Super Bowl, but they couldn't get off the field. And maybe they just did not like that philosophy, or maybe it didn't mess with Sean Desai. It's what if Marcus's article said what they they basically fired Denar Wilson? Was that was that basically. the story? That, by the yeah, way, the them. Eagles, uh, I, I did text some people. Um, they they are sticking with their story as of now. Um, and that was it was mutual. So it's going to be interesting because at some point, Nick's going to have to answer the question. Well, John, uh, you, were at the, you were at the combine, right? Uh, didn't Sirianni kind of have like some weird body language when it came to being asked about Denar Wilson and whether he was going to stay? Well, I wasn't there. I, we we took the week off, but um, he did. You know, it was pretty clear to me. I did watch the press conference. It was pretty clear to me he wasn't coming back. I mean, he he gave all the the usual great coach, great person, uh, but a lot of uncertainty. Don't know if it's a fit. Don't know if Sean has his own guy that he wants to bring in. So it was pretty evident he wasn't going to be back. Um, I guess the bigger point is Jody brought up, was he fired? Did Denard agree as, as Marcus, uh, sort of reported that, Hey, I want to be back. I'm, I'm not going to create waves and it doesn't, the part that doesn't mesh with me and I can't get my, my head around is doesn't seem like Nick Sirianni to say, Oh, I don't believe you. I'm just going to fire you. But it could, I mean, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it shakes out. Question's got to be answered at some point. Right now, it seems like a he said, he said, uh, from my perspective. Yeah, that is what it is. There's like two sides every story, and then there's the side in the middle, and you just kind of have to draw your own conclusions from there. But it's just a weird conundrum now. And again, we've seen this happen with this franchise before. You know, Doug Peterson wanting a little bit more, power after getting the team always happens by the way now jeffrey and howie have nothing to do i i I constantly get fans jeff who say well is howie doing it or is nick doing it i mean the eagles overblow the collaboration standpoint they trumpet that like it's ridiculous but why is the assumption that only one person is doing this only one person is involved i mean Nick Sirianni, basically what happens is Howie uh, and his departments uh, are responsible for getting candidates, and then the head coach interviews them and says, I want this guy. There's nothing wrong with that, that philosophy. The bad part is when the coach says, I want Mike Rowe, Yeah. And the owner says, you can't have Mike Rowe. That's where the problems come in. 
the Eagles aren't at that point with Nick Sirianni yet. He gets to pick the coaches, but a lot of them he doesn't know until he interviews them. I, and I, I th- don't know why it's so difficult for people to understand. And I like this. Brian Johnson, who we already know is a good coach, it also helps when Jalen Hurts can say, that's the guy I want. And I'm not saying he would take a, a hometown discount for getting Br- Brian Johnson, but it's a lot easier for him to like the organization when his guy's and, calling the place. And by the way, Brian's another guy who Nick didn't have a relationship with. So the Eagles brought Brian Johnson and Nick Sirianni. Nick interviewed Brian Johnson and, you know, hired him. Now that was as a position coach. Now as he was a position coach and got elevated, I think a lot of that had to do with his relationship with Jalen Hurts. Um, And that could be a good thing. That could be a bad thing because that's how Press Taylor got elevated because of his relationship with Carson Wentz. It didn't work out in that aspect. You know, Carson didn't necessarily like the top teachings of John DiPolippo, but it was good for him. And the more, hey, you're great, you're great, didn't work. Um, I'm not saying Brian's going to be that way. I'm just saying the assumption that, oh, he's known him since he was four years old. All right. You know, Shane didn't know him, but Shane was pretty successful, uh, even though he didn't know him at four years old. True, but uh, we do have a history where there is consternation between the coach picking his staff, elevating staff, moving guys on and off his staff, and the uh, powers that be above him as the owner to say, no, 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 that can't happen. Uh, You're right. We're not there yet with Sirianni, but this could be the first time there was a little bit of a disagreement if Nick was the one who said, yeah, I got guys on this defense that love the coach, and then we could have a split if Sean isn't – Right off the bat, having success. Do I want those rumblings in the locker room? I, I do believe this was a Sirianni decision. All right. I asked this of our guest earlier, so I'm going to ask it of you too, Mr. Carr. Completely unfair question. Um, what's the time frame of worry for Jalen Hurts' contract? When does an Eagle fan say, yeah, why the hell haven't we gotten this done yet? Is it next week, next month, before the draft, after the draft, into camp? When do you say, we've been talking about this for friggin' months, that when are they going to get something done? They got an issue here. They're not seeing on the same page, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. What the hell's happening? When do you go officially into worry mode on the Jalen Hurts not done contract? It wouldn't be worry mode, but when Joe Burrow gets his contract, when Lamar Jackson gets his contract, which is coming soon, by the way, uh, when Justin Herbert gets his contract, when you know all these guys are getting paid upwards of fifty million, then you're like, okay, Jalen's done as much or as more than these guys already. So what's his salary? Fifty-five million a year? Is it sixty million a year? I know people think that's crazy right now, but. You got Daniel freaking Jones, $45 million a year. That might happen. So it, it's crazy to think. I mean, wait till Lamar gets the non-exclusive tag layer today and some team just goes, you know what, we'll give you what, what you're worth. And, you know, Baltimore may not think you're worth this, but we'll give you and we'll see if Baltimore caves or not. And then you're just going to see Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert licking their chops and Jalen's going to yeah. be licking his chops. You know, it, what it, helps the Eagles there, Jeff, is – Joe Burrow plays for Cincinnati and Justin Herbert plays for the Chargers. So I do think 
like how he wants to get it done before those guys. No question. Um, he can drag his feet a little bit because those teams drag their feet consistently. Um, if there were another team that you know is going to get it done, um, he might have more of a sense of urgency. That's kind of the feeling I get. I just can't believe how much Baltimore has dragged their feet with Lamar. It's I, well, I don't I, think they have. I just think Lamar's in the I want Deshaun Watson. I want fully guaranteed. Which I is a, which is asinine guaranteed. if you think about it. Because who yeah, gives but, a who gives a guy two hundred thirty million dollars guaranteed? Um, the Browns, the Browns. And that's what Lamar is asking and that's for. That's what Lamar is asking for. So I can't, you know, Baltimore. I think would have gotten a deal done, but they're not giving him a fully guaranteed deal. That to me is the sticking point, and I can't argue Baltimore's standpoint. Cleveland. That's why everybody hates Cleveland in yeah. the league. I yeah. mean, they hate that contract. They hate it. And so, it's, a, it's a precedent. Yeah. Let me ask you this, Jeff. You mentioned it earlier. Uh, Lamar going to get the uh, non-exclusive franchise tag probably today, 30 and change, not anywhere near what he's worth. He's not going to be happy about it. He goes out and sells himself to someone in the NFL. Is there another team that will go, yeah, we'll do what the Browns did. We'll, we'll guarantee every dollar. It should be in the market of the – uh, Kyler Murray contract 230 for five. He got about 70% guaranteed. Yeah, you're better than that. You got an MVP, Lamar. We'll give you it all guaranteed. And basically, the same contract with Deshaun Watson. Any team in the league going to do that? There might be a team in New York that you like, Jody, that could be yeah. desperate enough now that they struck out on Derek Carr. And there, there's no guarantee Aaron Rodgers. We don't know what he's going to do. So the Jets would say, you know what? We'll talk to you. We'll, we'll get you interested in us. And We'll give you what you need because we feel like we're on the precipice of doing something great. And if Lamar wants to stay in the AFC, awesome. But there are a lot of teams that need quarterbacks. And I think there are teams that got the money that can pay Lamar. Yeah. And that's always an ownership thing, Jody, because I guarantee if we were talking about Andrew Berry before. I guarantee you Andrew Berry isn't giving Deshaun Watson that contract. That's where the owner steps in and says, we got to do this. And that's the only guy making that type of decision. Although I may be a fan, my faith in Woody Johnson, not real great. So uh, uh, I'm not sure that happens with the Jets, which will make it interesting how long this plays out, how much he will negotiate with other teams if he gets the tag that we expect him to get this afternoon. All right. Uh, you had your eyes on the combine all weekend as well. What jumped off the page for you player-wise, position-wise, Filling potential needs, voids for the Eagles. No, we got to go three free agency first before we get to the draft. But were there some guys that you thought, you know, that guy would look good in Eagle Green come Sunday afternoons in the fall? So the irony was the only day I really had to focus on the combine was Sunday, which, which was ironically the running backs in kind of a position the Eagles needed. I, I, I'm not, I, I'm like in the Dan Campbell camp. I'm not crazy about watching guys in pajamas, but. I liked him when he played at Illinois, Chase Brown, and I thought he had a pretty strong combine. I, I, I like Chase Brown a lot. I thought he'd be a nice kind of mid-round pick if, if the Eagles were to go that route. But the Eagles don't have a four, fifth, or six right now, so that kind of cancels everything out. I, I did like uh, Jameer Gibbs. I, I thought he had a good combine. Uh, B. John Robinson. again, McBall, you would know this. Uh, what is B. John Robinson back up at Texas's name? I, I, I oh, yeah, like Rochelle uh, Johnson, Johnson, I think. Yeah, yeah, Rochelle John. Yeah, I thought he was good last year when I watched him. I'm like, okay, that ain't B. John Robinson. That guy ain't bad either. So, yeah, he uh, is good. He yeah. is good. 
Um, there is a guy I kind of Roshan, by the way. It's Roshan. Is it yeah. Roshan? Okay. Yeah. There's a guy that I really like at 10. I don't think he'll I think he's gonna get picked a little layered in 10. So the Eagles will probably have to trade back. I'm still a big Paris Johnson fan uh from Ohio State. I I, I love his game. I know he's an offensive tackle, but Lane Johnson ain't going to be around forever, and the Eagles always think ahead of this. Oh, they do, man. And it's not a sexy pick, but, man, you can plug him in right away at right tackle if you needed to. Offensive line, defensive line. Yeah, they got a guy right tackle who's okay. That that Lane Johnson guy's okay. I hear what you're saying. That's the Eagles' modus operandi. Trenches, trenches, trenches. Yeah, I don't think they're taking an offensive lineman with the 10th pick. Maybe that's – wishful thinking on my part because I'm hoping he falls down at 13 to the Jets because that's what I want to see them take. They need to put more attention and and pick winners on the offensive line. Um, all right, this Eagle coaching staff with the major changes and the like, Sirianni talking about, he can uh, since the day he was hired, talked about connection. Um, is there any fissures in the coaching room this year with the changes? They've been forced to make. Hey, they couldn't control it, but uh, and to how Sirianni has handled it. Will there be a disconnect between he and his coaching staff this year, even though it seems like he's getting to decide exactly who he wants? I don't think so. Um, you know, I, I think the whole Nick Sirianni, Brian Johnson relationship is pretty good. I mean, they've been together for two years. And again, the, if the quarterback's happy with it, why not? Now Alex Tanney's being promoted. I, I, I think that's a, that's another good promotion for them as well. I, I know not having Shane Steichen there is going to hurt this team a little bit, but I, I like Johnson's potential. I'm excited to see what he does as a play caller. And it looks like on the defensive side of the ball, it's Sean Desai is running the show. It's like, okay, you know, we got this guy in. You you pick who you want to pick. Whether it, I'm curious to see what happens if, Matt Patricia actually does become a member of the Eagles coaching staff. Because, yeah, what do you yeah, think that, of that? <laughs> boy, that doesn't make sense at all to me. It, do- all. it doesn't. And there's a certain guy on this franchise that yeah. it's not. And everybody says it's uh, this is a slay, slay, slay thing. I'm like, well, yeah, true. But um, Diggs um, don't like him either in Seattle. So no, no. It's, it, it's more than – Darius Slate here. You know, I, mean, I go back. You know what I was thinking about, Jeff? Remember when Jim Schwartz uh, was trying to compliment uh, DK Metcalf and DK took it the opposite uh, way? Yeah. He, he said, basically he said, <clears throat> um, you're the closest thing uh, to I've Randy ever Moss, seen wasn't to Calvin it? Johnson. Oh, Calvin, Calvin Johnson. That's what it was. Um, and you're not there yet, but you're the closest thing, which is a compliment. Yeah. Calvin Johnson yeah. and DK is like probably doesn't know who Calvin Johnson is, to be honest. You know, I think a lot of people don't realize that players don't, you know, a lot of players don't have the same uh, uh, affinity for history that people that follow the game. Um, he's like, what are you, what are you talking about? Why are you disrespecting me? I think maybe that's what happened with Slay and Patricia, but I don't know. But I don't know. Because he was working out with Richard Sherman and somebody else. And Patricia said, you're not there yet. But I, I, I think it was more of a sports thing. Like, you're really good, but, you know, you got to keep working to get to get to that level. And what turns what's a compliment turns into a slight. I think that's maybe what happened. I think. But, you know, I wasn't there. Here's, yeah. here's the question I have for both you guys. 
is we're talking about Matt Patricia coming in being the linebacker coach. If you can take away and pretend it didn't happen, his head coaching experience is going to be tough to do with Slay in the room. Uh, and his ineptitude at calling plays last year for the New England Patriots. And just put that to the side and just judge him as a defensive coach, most specifically a linebacker coach. Is he that good that the Eagles would rock the boat to bring him in? Do you think, do you look at Matt Patricia as that kind of a defensive coach? Either I mean, one of you guys? Nick Foles put up 41 on him in the Super Bowl. So I, I don't think too much of Matt Patricia to begin with. And if you're going to tick off the one quarterback is who is under contract right now, I don't think that's the best idea unless you're trying to find any excuse in the book to, to trade him and get rid of that contract and, you know, kind of move on from Darius Slay because he's 32. But I don't know why you would want to put your hand in the beehive right now. I don't know why yeah. you would want to do that. Especially it, with the Denard Wilson stuff now coming out or, yeah. you know, it is, it's something to keep an eye on. I, I will um, say this though. Slay did say on, I think it was his podcast. I know, I know he said about the side that, you know, he's willing to make him, you know, as comfortable as he needs to be here as one of the leaders of the team. And, you know, I, I like that, but man, Matt Patricia's there without Denar Wilson. I don't know. I mean, I mean, th I think this came out before the whole Denar Wilson news was official too. All right. At Jeff Kerr, CBS, follow Jeff on Twitter. Um, last one from me, Jeff. I'm going to give you two. I'm going to give you two. And I'm not going to put Jason Kelsey in there because everybody's going to pick Jason Kelsey. But that hinges on retirement. So two Eagles free agents are coming back. It could be Brandon Graham, CJ, Bradbury, TJ, Isaac. Fletcher, Miles, Javon, a lot of names. Boston you only Scott? get two. Keep you only get two. Now, Boston's not big enough. Okay. Uh, God bless them. But uh, you only get two of those high-profile guys. Who are you bringing back? I mean, if I'm playing with an uncapped salary cap here, it, it would obviously be James Bradbury and Javon Hargrave. But we are playing with salary cap. So I would love to see Javon Hargrave back. Man, this is tough. Um, I they can part ways with Sam Malo. They can part ways with Sanders. This is a this is a tougher question because I probably would have said Kelsey to be honest. But yeah, um, but Javon Hargrave be my no brainer. You know what? How about Marcus Epps? Marcus Epsy. All right. I mean, they, they, value. They, they kind of need. Yeah, they need some value. They can still draft a safety. I mean, it's. And, they got Reed Blankenship, don't forget. Yeah, and I'm hearing, though, Marcus Epps may have a nice little market coming up, so we'll see. Write it down, Zach Pascal back with the Eagles. That one is going to happen. Is he too big enough, though? Because I was a boss. Yeah, he's Scott. not big enough. He's not big enough. Yeah, yeah. Zach's not big. Yeah, Zach might be back on a one-year veteran minimum deal. L listen one to the surprise. coach talk about him. He'll tell you he's big enough. That'll be a key re-addition to the Eagles when they get Zach Pascal's name back on a contract. I hope Zach's all right. He got robbed. Uh, yeah. So, uh, How about I'll tell you what, though. Situation. I would like C.J. Gardner-Johnson back. I'm just not sure what his market is actually going to be. Maybe, maybe that's my, what... man. Yeah. My, I, I, said that earlier. Yeah. I think people will think he's going to be the highest paid safety. I, no way. Personality's yeah. too big. He's out there throwing coaches under the bus. His agents probably contacting him. Yo, slow down. I I don't think I think the Eagles that might have helped the Eagles. Yeah, I'm honest. not 
I, I really don't want putting the tag on them, and I don't think they need to put the tag on, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, we'll see if they get it done. If they don't, if four he goes o'clock. elsewhere, yeah. we'll find out at 4 o'clock, as Johnny Mac said. Uh, Jeff Carr, always a pleasure, buddy. Appreciate you jumping in. Uh, we'll get you back up in a couple of weeks when free agency gets underway. Sounds great, Jerry. By the way, I, I just hope they don't tag a player like an L.J. Smith just because the quarterback likes him. Yeah, who, would, who would that be? Well, uh, well, well, you remember McNabb? For, well, remember McNabb wanted, wanted them to tag L.J. Smith because he liked them. I, I get your point, but then you got to have somebody on the Eagles right now. Jalen Hurts is going to go and go, yeah, we got to keep this guy. Make it a priority. I know Boston, you're Scott, Boston Scott. Scott. I got, is Zach, are you with me? Is it the, Zach Pascal? Yeah. Zach, is it going to no. be that big? No. no. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I didn't think so either. Jeff Carr, always a pleasure. Thanks, bud. Yeah, sounds great. Thanks, guys. AK here with us on Birds uh, 365. Appreciate Mr. Carr. All right, McBone and McDonald coming back. You know what we got to do right here, right now. We're going to put a bow on the show. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Hi, everybody. My name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Jeff D'Ambrosio doesn't need a special event to appreciate his customers. Jeff shows his appreciation to them every day of the year. Jeff makes sure to stock more new inventory than anyone and guarantees prices and payments that nobody can beat. There are so many reasons that thousands of customers know Jeff is the easy, friendly place to do business. More for their trades. No judgment zone for credit issues. The best, most reliable service department in the country. That's why I like Jeff, and I know you will too. Jeff will satisfy you every day. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, Owner Appreciation Event. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Plan your day with confidence. Keep the umbrellas on hand. With action news and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is still rising. Keeping you prepared wherever you watch. Action news and AccuWeather. The team you trust.
Ranch. The Bitter Ranch. Doug Bird 365 with your Mac and Mac guys. Um, Jeff Kerr asked you, first of all, he didn't know you were out of, not out at the Combine, um, but he asked you to read between the lines and the way Nick Sirianni spoke, if there was more to it than that. I'm going to ask you to do the same, Johnny Mac. And I don't even know that you can answer this question, but I'm going to cross my fingers and hope you can. The way that Jason Kelsey performed on Saturday Night Live, on mm-hmm. Saturday night, did you read into that? Oh, he's still balling. He's coming back. He's still got it in him. He wants another shot at the Super Bowl that eluded his and his teammates' grasp. Or did he look like a guy who was ready to say, yeah, I got three girls and a wife, and I got to Yeah, I know. Man, such a tough decision, uh, uh, tough prediction. Never mind. Tough decision for Jason Kelsey. I Look, I mean, early this season, Lane kind of let the cat out of the bag, I think by mistake. He was planning on this being his last season. But as it went on, he, he, he was having so much fun. Uh, I was pretty confident he was coming back. And he said Nick's uh, philosophy that we talked about so much about, you know, no Downtime. practicing and right. uh, really helped him. He said, if it were still Doug, he'd be retired. I mean, he can do it. Um, so it's still, you know, a physical grind for him. But boy, I think he had too much fun. And boy, four girls at home. That's a lot. I think he wants to keep going. <laughs> so if I'm forced to make a break, I think he's coming back. I think he's coming back. Better to hit the cafeteria food at the Novacare complex. Yeah. He, he speaks very highly of the grub that he gets. Yes, he there. does. And, oh, by the way, the reason why I brought it up, because we can bring it up at any time. We have been doing it all year long. And it seems though, if he's going to do right by the Eagles... And I don't know that Isaac Sayamalo is one of the driving forces in free agency. He does love Isaac, by the way. Jason does. Loves him. Loves Isaac. Right. But uh, does he love Isaac more or love the Eagles more? It's a good question. Um, Yeah, he's got to make the decision that's best for him. I mean, it's, it's difficult. But, yeah, I mean, I don't think keeping Isaac here. But it's ironic. If he stays... I've said this, if he plays, Isaac's gone. If he More likely Isaac's gone, right. I think Isaac's back. I, I, so I do think he's going to make the decision before free agency. I do think that. How so, he said how he said he's going to give him an, a, as much time as possible. Um, and that could go into that, the that, summer. Yanni Mac, that clock is ticking. Hey, we Sunday still got, is, is illegal tampering day in the National Football yeah, League. We still got days, and I think it's going to happen. I'm on every day. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But I think he's going to give the Eagles an answer okay. um, because they have to make – they have to plan uh, for life without him. I think he's going to give them that sort of um, deference. I think he's going to do that. As do I because Kelsey's too classy guy. He's not going to hold the Eagles over a barrel. Um, but yeah, now, now that we've actually clicked off the Super Bowl and the combine and we look up and, uh Oh, legalized tampering next week. So Jason Kelsey, do what you got to do this week. Meet with the people you got to meet with, make the decision. Got to say, just don't go on a darkness retreat. Like uh, Aaron Rodgers. That That's would- going to be your quarterback, Jody. Green Bay is done with him. They are done with the nonsense. Um, 
I think he's going to be the Jets uh, starting quarterback. And by the way, that's good for the Jets because they're going to be a playoff team. Yeah, but it's not. Well, short term, short term, short term. Short term, that's fine. Nice if they make the playoffs and not winning a Super Bowl. And we we talked so much about connection, doing Birds 365 here, and how much uh, Nick Sirianni has put that into the Eagles culture and, and made it work for him. And Rogers connects with the darkness. Uh, he's, he, yeah. he's, he's so friggin' aloof and so out of it. That's just not going to work. He's a uh, maybe the most talented quarterback in the history of the game. But now he's old. Now he's not I as good agree. as he was. And he's more aloof than he's ever been. Uh, thank you, no. Uh, I just I agree. Me it's not Zach Pascal. Mike White! I want Mike White back! Bring back Mike White for Jet Green. Joe Douglas is GMing for his job. Robert Sala is coaching for his job. Um, you know, unfortunately, that's too much of the NFL. They have these one-year windows, and if they make the playoffs, they're going to keep their jobs. If they don't, they could lose their jobs. And that leads you to make rash decisions for the short term rather than the long term. But I agree with you. Long term, it doesn't help. Short term, it helps a lot. Yeah, it'll it'll I, help a lot. I would have preferred Derek Carr in New York, but that's just me. Uh, but he will be playing for the Saints next year. Remember, there's a tie here. Howie Roseman and the deal that got him the number 10 pick also got a future second in 2024. So we'll see how uh, Derek uh, fits down in uh, the Bayou. All right, J-Mac, good show today. I'm ready to go 22 hours from now. Are you? Let's do it. We're ready. getting closer, Jody. Let's legally tamper. <laughs> we'll do some tampering right here on Birds 365 tomorrow in 2 and 2. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.